Great Parents Podcast. I'm Molly and this is Nathan. And Hello. And uh, you're a not great parent. I am not a great parent. That and is for same sure. Same with me. Yes. I think we prefer to say a not great parent, but also not a great parent, but that's okay. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're a little different. Yeah, a little bit. What is the differentiation for people who are just joining in for the first well, time? Well, we say that it's the Not Great Parents podcast. Correct. Because we don't want to be great. Because mm-hmm. we, um, when we talk great, we're talking about the term great as the world defines it. Right. So Greatness in the world. Greatness eyes. in the world's eyes. What, what the world tells us we have to have and we have to do yes. and we have to be and how we should live our lives. When really... We want to be living our lives and doing everything in our life according to the goodness that God has outlined for us, not the greatness right. that the world has. So we want to be good parents. We don't want yeah. to be great parents. And sometimes pursuing greatness mm-hmm. ends up robbing us of the goodness of God. Yeah. And we miss that, right? Jesus said, if you try to hold on to your life, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to make this great in the way that you want it to be, right? You'll ultimately lose it. But if you give up your life, and as he says in Matthew 6, right, seek first the kingdom of God, right? right? God's righteousness, what God says is good. When that happens, well, then you find a life that is truly life. Right. And that's what we want for our kids. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 it's satisfying. And we say it around here, right. it's satisfying and rich because right. you're not in this chasing this rat race of greatness all the time. Right. It doesn't right. mean it's always easy. No, but <laughs> if it was easy, we wouldn't have a podcast about it. <laughs> No, that's true. Or we would still have a podcast, but we've got something different. <laughs> yeah, we come up with something else. <laughs> we so something. we can talk to you. We're all. going to have a podcast. Oh, we're we not sure going are. to not have a podcast. True. Why wouldn't we not have a podcast? <laughs> if of all the things we could have, a podcast a seems podcast like the one is, to do. So. Yeah. Plus, it's talking in us. You know. We, yeah. Regardless, Molly and I would be in this room talking, whether they yeah, whether the camera's rolling or not. That's true. <laughs> well, we've been doing a series called "Confessions of a Not Great Parent," Correct. and we have been taking confessions from you all. Um, we have a link in our show notes and yep. you can click on that and send us some of those or questions that you might have. But we've been doing confessions lately. Um, and what we do with these is we are presented with a confession and then we kind of talk through it and we say, you know what, in some of these scenarios, we confirm that the, right. that what you're saying is actually the track of a good parent and right. a not great parent. Yeah, that's a thing that no great parent would ever confess and say out loud because it feels wrong or it feels like you're somehow, uh, you know, limiting your kids, right? You shouldn't say that about your kids, but a good parent might actually say that or something similar. Right. And then we, so we're either going to confirm that through our discussion or we might say, you know what, there, that isn't really where you should be headed. That is more of a great thought and and yes. those are some things in life that should that you should think about yes to try to steer that back toward good because as we say sometimes you're, you're trying to be a great parent sometimes you're trying to be a good parent and then sometimes you're just a straight up bad parent yes <laughs> which we all which we all have been we before. all have been bad terrible parents whether yes. we like to say that or not yes my my daughter certainly loves to call this the not great terrible worst parents ever podcast <laughs> yeah, so, so she can't she quite, has a lot of faith in us she's not really a listener <laughs> yeah she's not she's not gonna listen to this no. but but we've said that there's a history within Christianity that there's this practice of confession and there's really two sides of confession there's the confession of sin mm-hmm. Right. So when I admit I did something bad, 
right? I did something wrong. And these are, this is the way I behave as a parent, right? This is the way I think as a parent. And I want to correct this and I need to confess it, right? And maybe great parents would never confess it because they're afraid they'll get canceled, right? Right. So I don't want to say that out loud because then things might get me in trouble. But you know, in, in the kingdom of God, we know when we confess these things, that's when we can actually heal. Yeah, it comes out of the darkness if it's something that's that we right. shouldn't be saying it. And it, and it is sometimes something we want to confirm. Yeah. There, that is very, that, we're afraid that that's not okay to say that either. And so some of these things have been great confirmations for people. Yeah, we're actually just about to do a series uh, at, in church about these great confessions uh, throughout church history known as the creeds. Mm-hmm. And that's what you do is you, you confess what you believe. You say out loud these things Mm -hmm. that might even be countercultural to say, yes, I believe uh, in God, the father, the maker of heaven and earth, right? That Mm -hmm. that is, that may feel sometimes like you go, "Mm, I don't know if a modern person would say it like, yeah, would think of that or, you know, Jesus Christ born of the Virgin Mary, a virgin birth. You still believe in a virgin birth, right? But these are things that even though they're countercultural, we want to confess and I think today's confession that actually got sent into us in that form that Molly's yes. already mentioned is one of those that when we confess it, it feels it feels almost like a sin to a world of greatness. Yes. But it's actually a blessing in a world of goodness. Yes. We actually, we took one look at it and immediately went, well, this is a good one to confirm because yes. it is definitely something that the world would tell you, hmm, you shouldn't say that. Right. But God would tell you that you're you're on the right track. All right, so let's start by reading this confession as it was sent to us. I don't believe that my kids can be anything they put their minds to. I don't want to give them this false narrative that as long as they believe in themselves, they can do or be anything. And so we just want to start by confirming. Same. Bravo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think it's pretty countercultural uh, in a lot of ways, but I think we need to talk about this in a lot of levels. Uh, and first, just start with the practical, literal level, which is none of us really think that our kids can be anything that they set their minds right. to if they believe hard enough. Um and the example I used to always give when I would hear this with parents is when when they would say, you know, oh, well, I, I don't, I want my kid to think they can be anything they want to, as long as they set their mind to it. And I would say, well, you don't treat them that way when they say they're going to be an artist. Yes. Because when they when you go, oh, well, you can't make any money as an artist. You'll have to do something else to do art on the side. And they said, well, I'm going to be the artist who does make hundreds of thousands of dollars. You don't go, well, that is anything. So you can be anything. You try to quickly tell them, no. No. And kind of guide them and steer them in a different direction. Yeah. Why is it then, Molly? So, I mean, and, you know, I've mentioned before we started filming, there's the the pretty hilarious, you should probably look it up, uh, Key and Peel sketch, and I, can't, I think it is I, You Can Do Anything is the name of it. I think that's right. But it's a post-game in, NBA interview with a guy that's kind of teasing the uh, Kevin Garnett winning the NBA Finals and, you know, anything is possible, and anything. he shouts it right at the end. And so he, he starts saying, you know, you can do anything. 
And then he starts telling kids to start jumping off of buildings because they can fly if they, they put their fly. minds to it, run out into ongoing traffic. And, you know, the reporter then has to backtrack everything. So we don't literally think they can be anything. No, and if you do think they literally can be anything, listen carefully. Yeah. <laughs> can we we you know can that you? your child is not the exception yeah, they, to the flying role here. Yes. <laughs> let's, let's deal with that. So let's start with why... This idea, which once again we don't think means literal. What do you think parents mean when they say you can be anything you set your mind to? What what are they trying to say? I think they're trying to say you can strive for any kind of greatness you want. So okay. with with determination, with work, with focus, you can be who you want to be. Right. And I think most of the time when we say that, we're referring to a career. I think most of the time, or at least some kind of ambition that is right. definable, right? right. Um, I think we, we tell them, you know, the sky's the limit, right? That you can be anything you want to be as long as you put your mind to it. And I think what we're trying to do, and I think this is the, I'll say this is the good part, is that we are trying to encourage our children not to give up. Mm-hmm. There's right? good parts of it, yes. Yeah, don't give up when things get hard because if you put more, if you do put effort into it, a lot of results can come. That right. is something I think all of us should be saying to our kids. I have young we kids work who work at things. That's okay. Yeah, we want to work at things. We want to do our best at things. And I would say this: more things are possible than your kid probably thinks are possible, but not anything is possible. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, KG. You know, <laughs> uh, he he he's trying he's his best that, out man. there. He's trying. Yeah, but uh, you know, I think that's. Really, what we want to say to our kids, right, is that if you if you if you work hard and with God's help, right, then then anything, not anything is possible, but a lot of things are possible. Now, this is the part that then someone who's read their Bible will want to say is Jesus says at one point, with God, anything is possible, right, or all things are possible. Mm. He says, right at that point. So, what does that mean? Are you asking me? Just yeah. <laughs> no, Are you just, asking me? I'm just kidding. Uh, no. No. But, yes, I mean that that is, that is some, and we start that early with kids. I mean that's yes. one of the first, you know, fundamental things we're telling children is God is with you at all times and that's with right. God everything is possible. Right. And I think the important part that Jesus is trying to get there and this is an important part I think when you read almost almost anything where Jesus says something that feels like an absolute statement often Often what he is putting before it is some version of with God. Or at one point he says, if you ask for anything in my name. In my name. Right? You gotta look around. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> you read the context. The one thing. You gotta look in the context. And not even just the context of what's in front for right before it or right after it, but in the context of, of the way that God speaks to us, the way that right. Jesus spoke to us. The him. entirety Goodness. of scripture. What what yes. is it what is it like Jesus' character? And what Jesus is trying to say, one at that point. Uh, there might be another point, the point that I'm thinking of when Jesus says, with God, all things are possible. One is he does say, um, <laughs> when he talks about a rich person getting into heaven, he says how hard it is. It's like trying to fit a camel through the eye of a needle. And his and his uh, disciples say, well, if, if, if rich people can't get into heaven, then, then who can get into heaven? And he goes, well, with God, all things are possible. Right now, <clears throat> when you read it within that context, you then say, "Okay, what he's trying to say is the only way into heaven is with God." Right, mm-hmm. and we're talking about the kind of life that comes, as we've been talking about, the life of goodness, where I'm seeking God first. 
there that the, a life that is with God in God's name, anything that you would ask for would be possible. But that presupposes that you are doing so in God's name, with God, in his character. Therefore, you are only asking for things that God would want to happen. And once again, Jesus is trying to make the point here, like when he says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could move a mountain. Right. He's trying to do what we want to do with our kids, which say there are more things possible than you think are possible. Right. But he's not. what he's not trying to say is anything you can possibly imagine, if you want it, you can achieve it. Right. He's not saying that. And I think as parents, you know, over time we have changed sort of that philosophy. Right. I think there, you know, there were more limits and boundaries to what people could do at different times. And oh, I think 100%. now the way the world is, there's more accessibility to things. There's more opportunity in certain areas. And I think we have, as a way to hope, as a way to motivate our children, I think parents are hopeful that by saying there's no boundaries... Yes. Off they go. When has no boundaries ever worked? So let's talk then about something <laughs> that would make uh, our producer Sawyer, who is not here today. Today we have producer Charlie with us. Hey, Charlie. Welcome to the podcast. Glad to have Charlie with us. This would make him so happy. So it makes me so happy that he would not get to be here. I want to talk about the multiverse just okay. for a moment. Okay. okay. This would make him so happy. I, I don't know if you've, if you've noticed, but in movies and TV shows today, there's this really hot button thing. Everyone wants to talk about the multiverse. Yes. Right? That there are these, all these universes that- And you could, portal from one to the next, right? Yes. Or that there's all these possible lives that you could be living where anything is possible. And, you know, the two that I think are the biggest ones happen to be two of Producer Sawyer's favorite movies. One is oh. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. That's very popular if you've got kids. Another one uh, that won the Academy Award, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Okay. All right. Both of these movies are this idea, and I think the reason these things are so popular right now, I think really the reason that we're, we're really fascinated with this multiverse theory, which has kind of been around for a long time, but it's very theoretical. I mean, the entire idea behind it uh, anyway, we don't need to get into that, but the idea... We'll, we'll hit that one up on the next movie. Next time we have a theoretical physicist. Next time we have physicist. the movie guys on, we'll hit up that topic. <laughs> but the, I think the reason that it is so exciting to people, both of those movies, is this idea that I could be anything. Yeah. And that in another life, I was this way. And in another life, I was this way. And I could have done this. And I think the reason it's so attractive to parents, this, you can be anything you put your mind to, is... Often as parents, and that's really the idea behind everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, have you seen that movie? No, but I. Oh, it's a really fun movie. It's a really fun movie, but it's also really sweet. And there's kind of ending uh, to the movie. I will say it is definitely a rated R movie. This is one of those parents only movie. I'll just give you that ahead of time. Okay, good to know. Don't don't put it out, out with my. Yeah, do not have your five year old watch everything, I, everywhere, okay. all at once. But I will say the premise behind the movie is that the the main character. Um, is starting to jump between worlds, okay. right? Because her daughter has kind of grown to become this person who can jump between all worlds and is kind of bringing them together because she grew up with this belief that she should be anything that okay. she could be, that all that she has this limitless potential. She felt like she was not living up to that potential. And she gets to a point where she is at such a depressed point. The point of the movie kind of comes to she's actually wanting to end her life and all existence okay. because she has gotten to this point that when anything was possible, that means I'm always a failure. Yes. 
Because if anything is possible, that means... There's never enough. There's never enough. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is almost a very similar thing, right? You have Miles Morales, who's this character who thinks he should be doing more than he wants to. And he starts to look out and seeing, oh, I could be all these different things, right? There's all these other Spider-Men, mm -hmm. right, that are doing well. And what he comes to is, I just have to be <coughs> really within the life I was given. Right. This is the life I live. And I've got to do well in this life, not be imagining the Spider-Man I could have been, right? right? I think the reason that when you get beyond the humor in the movies and the action in the movies, the reason these things resonate with us is because I think always this has probably been a problem, but really since the advent of the internet and all the things that you've talked about. Yeah, comparison and things yeah. like that. I mean, the grass is always greener and it's, well, look who and I it's easy been. to see. I could have been this or there's so many movies and stories about if I would have, I can't tell you how many books are out there about mm -hmm. if I would have made this one choice different, mm -hmm. what would my path have been? Yes. It's like those old choose your own adventure books. You're probably too young for those. No, I remember choose your own adventure but books. They're some like, of my favorites. Yeah, it's like that, but... You, you can't go back. Yeah, you it. think if I could just if go I back a couple pages. If I go back to page 12, and let's try this other route. Oh, no. We went off a cliff. I yeah. didn't make that choice. My finger was still yeah, on the other I'm page. Yeah, I back to the other page. I'm yes. going back to the other I page. Those. I didn't leave the finger. I, I loved those books. I had all these if internal only life rules. life was like that, yes. Because I was like, if, I, if my finger left the page, then it's set in stone. <laughs> to, you can't just flip back to yes. a page. But if your fingernail holds right underneath yeah, it. That's right. You didn't completely turn When I breathed, it blew the pages open. That kind of counts as opening it back up. Exactly. But you know what? I mean like that 100 that, that it's everywhere it's movies it's books it's it's just this the idea of we're all dreamers and we think of things differently and like it's good to want to like we said to it's good to want to do well and, and achieve certain things but it's not reality to think sky is the limit Absolutely. and so as a parent living in the goodness of god i need to help my child understand what that means yeah Yeah, one of the things I used to do when I would do these youth retreats was I always had, I always had like three or four things I, I tried to make sure I said at every retreat. And usually there's something along the lines of, you know, the only good and pleasing life is one where Jesus is at the center. Mm -hmm. The only way to put really Jesus at the center of your life is to be involved in a community of believers, right? I always wanted to say that. And then I would always have this thing that I thought was really encouraging, which was, hey, no matter how good of a life you have planned, I promise you God has a better life planned for you. And I would say, say it like this, and I'd say, you know, God has so many great things in mind for your future. And I thought, man, this is so encouraging. Some of you are like, oh, that's great. You, I, I'm glad. I hope someone's saying that to my kids. And then eventually I was sitting with a group of our 10th through 12th graders, people at the end of their high school career. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about it. And one of them, I think it was someone who hadn't been at many retreats said, Hey, when you said this thing, um, about, you know, God has all these great things in mind for your future and you have so much potential. They go, I don't think teachers realize how much, and they were talking about their high school teachers, they said they don't realize how much pressure that feels to me. They go, when I hear you say you have so much potential and God has all these great things for your future, it feels like a lot of pressure that I've got to go out and make that happen Yeah. or I'm going to be a failure. Not just to me, but to God and to others. Yeah, and, and most of them would often say... <clears throat> Even to, my, even to my parents, that they would tell me, you know, their parents would often say things to you. Oh, don't do this because you're going to limit what you could do. Mm -hmm. Don't do this because you're going to limit this part of your future. And if you make this choice, then you'll be, you know, you'll be limited. Yeah. And 
the well, truth you is have so much potential, but you chose this instead. Yes, I, I do remember in particular someone. Uh, I'll, I'll just say my wife was talking to someone when she decided to be a stay-at-home mom, and they said, "But you have such a great job, and you got that college degree, and you're just going to use it on." And they couldn't even finish it, and I want to go on her children. Yeah, <laughs> on her, on on her children, on, on 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 loving her children. But they they said that too. You know. If, I just hate for you to give that up just to be a mom. And I remember her thinking, but this is ultimately what I want. Mm -hmm. Ultimately what I want is I really want to invest myself in these kids. And it doesn't mean if you're a working mom that you can't. I mean, I had the same thing happen when I left a corporate job to come here. Sure, yeah. It it doesn't make sense always to people. And they would say, but because I was was doing well in that company. I was a manager and all this stuff. But that wasn't the life I wanted, and I knew that wasn't what God wanted me to do either. Yeah, and I think, and so I I think it's really important, you know, to not create this multiverse way of thinking for our kids. Anything is possible because, one, so I know the person who said is I don't want them to just think if they believe it, they can do it, right? Which I think is important because that's just practical because that's not true. Right. But I also think what's worse is, one, that they eventually do believe that they can do anything, and therefore anything I choose closes the door. One of the greatest things my dad told me when I was a kid, and I started saying it to other people was, and it's so simple, but a lot of people don't think about it this way. Every decision you make, you say yes to something, and you say no to something else. Mm -hmm. That every decision you make, when I chose to go get a cherry vanilla Coke, Mm-hmm. I was choosing not to have a Coke Zero. And then <coughs> someone, and this is what people go, well, what if you could get both? Well, I could get both. But every time I choose to take a sip of this, I'm choosing not to take a sip. Well, what if you tried to pour them both in your mouth at the same time? Oh, well, I guess that's possible. But eventually everyone gets to. You're eventually shutting the door on something. There is no way to live a limitless life. Mm-hmm. And here's where things, if you take things to their logical conclusion, mm-hmm. which is I want to live without any limits, This is the life that ultimately has made marriage unintelligible to a young generation. Oh, yeah. Because people tell them, well, how can you know at—I got married at 19. How can you know at 19 you want to be with this person the rest of your life? I had a bunch of people say that to us when we got married. How can you know? And I said, the question is not whether I want to be with this person the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. The the, the question is whether I can make a choice at this point and stick with it. Stick with the choice. Which everyone seems to think 18-year-olds can do when they sign up for the Army. Mm-hmm. that I could make this choice and maybe have my life ended because of this choice. I'm going to go off and give my life. People seem to think that's an acceptable choice that someone could make, right? But to say, I'm going to choose to be with this person, even if we both, as people are saying, we grow in separate directions. Because <laughs> yeah. that's the option I want. Is what if we grow? What if, what if she ultimately becomes someone who is different than when you got married? Well, she has. She has. And I have too. But the, but the choice is we, we continue to choose each other every day, right? Mm-hmm. What if you get in a career path and you, you go so far down that path that you can't go back and do the dream that you always had? Mm-hmm. Well, of course, that's, that's the way that life goes. That's the way it is. The question is not, can I make every choice the way I would have wanted to make it when I dreamed it up? Mm-hmm. The question is, can I choose to love God no matter where I am? Yeah, because he's going to love us no matter where we are. He has designed us. He has created us. Yes. He knows our limits. He knows what we can do. And so 
we have to make that decision to choose God above all else. And that means that ultimately there will be those limits put in place. Well, there have to be limits. You were talking earlier about, you know, the advancements and the options that are available. That's what led us down my multiverse theory. (laughs) But, you know, one thing that is central to the Jewish faith and the Christian faith is these proclamations throughout the Bible that you and I, we're finite (coughs) beings. We are not limitless beings, right? God is infinite. God is eternal, but we are finite. We have a limited number. And what's even crazier is we don't know how many days there are. We're we're playing, and there is an expiration date, but I can't find it. If you've ever had that happen, when you buy it like a a package of chicken, and you go, where is the inside? And then you just like smell the chicken. which it's rubbed off on some... Yeah, and the chicken already smells disgusting. So you're like... Is this bad or is this just how bad chicken always smells? So am I going to play smells? chicken roulette and cook it or yes. am I going to just go with and it? And that's how God kind of left us. Yeah. We're just these like slowly decomposing chickens. <laughs> <laughs> we, that might reach our potential of being delicious meals. Yes. And you just, you don't know when the expiration date is. But there's this thing, you know, we just read it in First Peter. All throughout the Psalms, there are these mm-hmm. phrases like all flesh, all humans are like grass, and the grass, the flowers of the field, they're beautiful for a time, but then they all wither in fate. Right. Winter always comes to kill everything that once was beautiful. Yeah. And youth fades, beauty fades, power and influence fades. But what has happened is, as medical increases, you know, life expectancy has yeah. increased, right? Science has increased. We've started to kind of push off how much I actually have to think about my death. You know, it used to be at 35, you're like, well, that's not even middle age. I'm, I'm in the last I'm in the last quarter here. Yes. We're, yes. we're in the last few minutes. But now at 35, you're, you may not even be middle age. You might still got another 10 years before you're middle age. Right. You might be me. You might be 45 this year. You might year. be 45. Which, and now I'm going into middle age. But ask me how often I think about my like death or when my life is over. Well, and when you think about it that often, when your kids, as I'm sure my kids, I mean, my kids do. So I'm sure your kids do. So at some point it's like, you know, mommy or, you know, daddy, when, when are you going to die? Well, you know, or I'm afraid you're going to die. And then you always answer, that's going to be a long time in the future. But you don't know that. Yeah. I actually actually said that to one of my kids. They said, when are you going to die? I said, most likely it'll be when I'm really old. And they said, so you're going to die when you're really old. And I said, I mean, I, we don't know that. I, I mean, guess, one of I your guess, kids was just sitting here, and you said, Miss Molly's 45. She's about dead. She is, basically. <laughs> she's got one foot in the grave. And so, but... I, but I think, yeah, I mean, I think we can't tell them. We don't know. The only thing infinite is God. Right. The only thing that is forever and ever and existing is God. And we, we like to think that we are, too. Or we like yes. to think that it'll happen later or something is later. And Yeah. And, and so I think what we want to say to our kids is... God is God is infinite, mm-hmm. and all things are possible with God. Mm-hmm. And that that with God is the important part, not the all things are possible part. The important part is live your life with God, and things will be possible that you never thought were possible. Right. Like maybe you can find joy in a dead end job. Right. Maybe you can rejoice in a marriage that is difficult. Mm-hmm. That you did make a choice when you were young and you go, and it does sometimes maybe feel like now I'm just sticking it out with this choice, but I'm going to choose to rejoice. All things are possible. Maybe you repair relationships that you would never have repaired. Relationships that were dead Mm -hmm. and you you go back to it. I I often think about um, 
Stanley Hauerwas, one of my people I like to quote every so often. He uh, he tells this story, and I can't remember the name of the book, but he talks about this book he read of a young man who grew up as a sheep farmer. Uh-huh. He was a shepherd. His dad was a sheep farmer in like Ireland, and uh, he was brilliant though. Like he was physicist level brilliant. He goes to uh, he ends up going to either Cambridge or Oxford, one of you know one high of the fancy end schools over there, England schools. Right? He goes. He gets a, a doctorate. Uh, he he ends up winning a Nobel Prize. Right, does wow. all these things, and then decides to spend the rest of his life as a sheep farmer because he says, "My dad needs me to take over the farm. I'm coming back." I mean, this is a dude who who goes off, does all of these wonderful, all these things. He writes this memoir at the end of his life where he's just become a sheep farmer in the dirt and mess of you know of sheep. He is <laughs> capable of all kinds of things that he could be, and then he the end of the book is, "This is the life I was given, and I would choose no other." And what Howard makes the point of is he says that is a Christian worldview. Yes. Which is we are given a life. We don't make a life. We don't build a life for ourselves. That's the American dream, right? You pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Anything is possible. You work hard enough, you can get it. That's the dream of greatness. Right. The dream of goodness is God gave me a life. And I'm going to partner with him. I'm going to partner with him. he wants me to be. Because maybe, maybe you got rotten parents. And my kids got rotten parents. <laughs> they, they, they say Think so all the time. Right. Maybe your kid or or maybe your life was more difficult than it than than other people's lives were. Mm-hmm. And maybe things were, but this is the life you were given. And it's okay. Like yes. it's good. It's a good life. God has given us good lives. And and I think if we sit as parents and act like our lives are so our lives of following Jesus yes. and working a normal job and yep. you know, paying our bills or not, or go you know, our our lives don't have to be these elaborate things. And if we as parents are striving for this greatness of life, we are going to struggle to teach our kids that 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 goodness, goodness exists and yes. it matters. And that it's fulfilling, and it's fulfilling to me as a parent, too. And so what if you could say to your kids when they start talking about their future? Because I think this is when it comes up, right? I think most of the time. Or when they're struggling to do something. Instead of saying anything is possible, or you can do anything you set your mind to, say, look, God made you, right? They're struggling with something. God made you with a body and with a mind, and God intends for you to use that. Mm -hmm. And so we just want you to use it to the best of your ability. (coughs) I want you to to work hard no matter what you do, mm-hmm. no matter what it is that you end up doing. One of my daughters says that what she really wants to do, she just wants to cut hair. She said, I just really that, want to cut hair. If I was going back in my life, not not from now, but earlier sure. in my career, that would have been what I do. Someday I'll, that's tell, your you, multiverse someday I'll tell you all about going that's, to beauty school for an interview. Well, there you go. But uh, that would oh my, that might need to be its own episode. But <laughs> I said to her all the time, honestly, for her, and I, there's this thing in me that wants to say, and this is the part that I had to wrestle with. So I'm going to say the ugly thing first, mm-hmm. and then I'll wrestle with this. I want to say, you're capable of so much more than just cutting hair. That was the thought I had. I'm a very career success driven person. And then I thought, what an ugly thing to say. Because had there been someone with me that I loved that cuts hair, I would never look at them and say, mm, you sold yourself short. Or go, you're in the right job for you. <laughs> oh my God. Because that's the only option. 
misfortune is that, that you, my daughter, would be selling herself short. Anyone else, I mean, you, you ended up where you needed to be. How ugly of a thought is that to have? Which is to say to my, but instead to say to my daughter, here's what I hope. And I said to her, I said, look, you love talking with people. I was going to say, like, this is a career for somebody who yes. can really talk to people, be have great relationships with people. Yes. Be personal with people. Yes. He, listen to people. Well, and that's what I show said. Show those qualities of Jesus through the way that yes. they live. I said, and can that you... is something that is something to be excited about. And that's what I said to her was, I said, you know, and I've said to one of my other daughters who has, who has other ambitions, I said, here's the thing I want you to find out. How are you? I said, God, the reason God gave us work is because he wants us to contribute to the world around us. He wants to help make other people's lives better or the world better. I said, so when whatever job you go into, whatever industry, your question should not be, how can I be the best at this? At the task. Yes, or at the career, be the, <clears throat> be the best hairstylist. The question I should ask is, how does God intend for me to love him and love people through this? And she said, she goes, well, maybe I could talk to people that I cut their hair about Jesus. And I said, there you go. And I said, you're already thinking through that. If that becomes your task, what you do, you can do that anywhere. And you can look back at your life and say, you know what? I made a difference and I was cutting hair, mm-hmm. right? Or I was, uh, you know, I was a CEO, right? Or I was a garbage man or I played in the NBA, mm-hmm. whatever I did. I was able to love God and love people. And that was my central goal was how do I better the lives of other people? And so I would really encourage us to have those kind of thoughts with our kids. Not you can be anything you want to be is how can I enjoy my life? Mm -hmm. How can I love God and love people no matter what I do? Mm -hmm. Well, let's end it there because I think that's, I mean, that's what we really want to do as parents is strive to help our kids see that, that ultimately no matter what they're doing, what their profession is, where they are, we always want to be people who love. We always want to be people who are invested in others. Yes. God says to love him and love others and they're equally as important. And so we've got to help our kids see that. So yeah. And that's, and that's the best possible life, no matter what you do for a living. Exactly. Well, it's thundering. That's God telling us it's time to be done. God says it's done for today. <laughs> Not it's done forever. No. It is done. I don't know. This could be it for me and Molly. If you don't hear from us, but this is the last our episode. grass has withered <laughs> and our flowers have faded. We are not infinite. <laughs> so. Anyway, send us in any kind of confessions or, or questions in the show notes, uh, the links in the show notes, and we want to hear what they are. Yes. Send us all your stuff. So. All, your, all your secret All your secret confessions. We want to hear it. Uh, Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Take care.